You're listening to the AdCast with your host, Eric Elliott. All right, everyone, I want to welcome you to the AdCast. A lot of times I say like I have a special guest, but today this guy is really special. Um, the world tried to keep us apart, but we just said, hell no, we're going to make this happen today. I have my man uh, all the way from across the pond, Mr. Olaf Van Gerwen on the line today. And uh, he is the founder and the CEO and the global creative director of Chuck Studios. He is uh, his, him and his company, they do some amazing things. And I guarantee you've seen or heard of his brands. Olaf, I want to welcome you to the show today, my man. Thank you so much. What a warm welcome. What a blazing intro. That's one way to enter a podcast. Thank you for that, man. Man, no worries, man. You, I, I want to say something like you, you blaze a trail that a lot of people are, if they haven't heard about it, man, they're going to hear about it today. Um, you are one of those creatives and you influence a lot of decisions that happen at probably the most important office in the world. And that's sometimes the dinner table. You know, yeah. Um, so you influence a lot of things, and I want to tell some folks real quick just some of the things, uh, some of the brands that you've worked with or worked on. Um, you've worked with Coca Cola, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, Heineken, and Nestle, just just to name a few. Um, yep. But I, I want us to, I want people to kind of know exactly who is Olaf. So tell the audience exactly who you are and and what you do for your your brands. Well, uh, wonderful. I can do that. If you sometimes hear a dog barking, that's Biggie right there. Oh, um, good name. Uh, I'm hoping he'll <laughs> shut up quickly. No, uh, he's, no he's I'm, a, um, um, I'm Olaf and I'm, uh, yes, I'm the founder and uh, co-founder actually, uh, together with my wife, Ellen of Chuck Studios. I started my career in advertising in many different uh, um, uh, capacities. I started out as an offline editor, became director became DOP and uh, over time specialized in food and drinks uh, because food and drinks is just a, a, a lovely portion of the business. And, mm-hmm. and actually I'm pretty sure that people are going to stay hungry, uh, you know, <laughs> so that's a satisfying thought. No, but yeah. um, I, I had a, I had a, a tendency, I, I was always leaning towards the visual and the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very prominent in food and drinks because it, if, it, if it doesn't look good, it doesn't, you know, it is not appealing. It needs to look amazing that's when it has that magic draw yeah so um when i developed that uh, that skill we together with ellen we we uh, we built a company who started 10 years ago and over the past 10 years we've gathered uh well if you say it like that it's a pretty impressive client list yeah so i'm coming from i come from the craft side i make films uh i shoot my own films um, and we deliver a product, which is the film or the photography that we that we mm-hmm. make. Um, so that that's basically uh, who I am. And and based on uh, the fact that we, uh, uh, we we work for so many international clients, we had some other insight that started uh, some other creative juices. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the craft is is the core of my uh, my business. So you know, like for a lot of people who are in marketing or, or in any kind of advertising, they stumble in it. You know, yeah. they stumble in it. And you've been you and your wife have been doing this for longer than 10 years and bless you for working with your wife. And now we know who the real boss is, Olaf. Sure. You're, so, no, make no mistake there. <laughs> make no mistake. So I mean, what brought you into, you know, I know you've been doing that for 10 years, but but what actually led you into that creative space to say, like, you know what, I am 
interested in this. I, I, I want to tell this story, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's very simple. When I, uh, uh, I came off, off school, I was basically interested in advertising because the advertising at that time looked so fantastically glorious mm. and there's, there's fantastic work, very visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. I was really attracted by that. Um, also, by music videos, uh, I, I did some TV. I didn't find that too interesting because of all the narrative. And I was more into like the, the pictures, like I wanted right. to make stuff pretty. And when I started to do music videos, that's when I really got the, uh, the appetite for, for pretty images. And uh, um, when, I, when I saw the, the music videos, always limited budgets, always challenges and advertising yeah. was when real, uh, where the big boys were playing. So I always wanted to get into advertising. And it was only later that I really understood the value of brand building, uh, of marketing, everything. And at first, I was that that stubborn director that uh, you know was defending his film always, rather than the importance of the brand or the product. Uh, for the because you had the passion, you had the passion behind. Yeah, it, what you were it, doing. There was passion uh, at work, but there was also you know when you're young, you think you're sure of everything, and when you're a little bit older. Then you start to, wow, what's really at work here? And yeah. you know, the real realization of who's paying the bills here and what are we contributing to? Mm. And that ultimately is a brand, right? Um, so so th- that insight only came later, but the, uh, the love for, uh, and I also had a deep love for technology. Mm. Now becoming, stepping over from being director to a DP, I was also a photographer in the meanwhile. I loved lenses and and film and lighting and all the technology that surrounds it because my profession is uh, you know is leaning deeply on uh, uh, on technology right um so, but i love it i love technology uh, especially if it has a a, a clear purpose namely wow. making that that cola or that burger look glorious yeah because there's a lot of technology coming up and you mentioned earlier uh you were talking about you know you had the appetite which is a perfect word or segue to go into what we're going to talk about when you had that uh you were working on music videos and going into doing the food and making it you know making the images look good you were focusing on images now uh, you you talked about also some brands because that words come up a whole lot in every episode that i've had so tell me about how you have the power in creating that that culinary identity and, and reshaping what a brand looks like. Yeah, well, over time, uh, we built a few branches across the globe. So we mm-hmm. now have like five branches and we get briefings from food brands all over the globe. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the office, we tend to play uh, briefing bingo. There are certain things that are <laughs> always in the briefing. It's always authentic. It's right. always, you know, and, and many of these things, especially in certain categories, uh, um, briefings tend to be the same. Briefings that we receive are often with images from competing brands, mm. which is fundamentally silly because you start to look like your competitor then, obviously. Wow. And we get we get a lot of make it look like Lurpak because people love the Lurpak uh, work. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a, it's a butter brand. Uh, originally Danish butter brand by Arla. It's a fantastic brand. They make marvelous mm-hmm. campaigns. Uh, Widen out of London has been working on that for decades, and they're they're doing a, a magical job at making butter look like a superhero product. <laughs> so I get a lot of make it look like Lurpak, and then uh, often marketeers don't even realize that their brand uh, is is nothing like it. You know, it doesn't need that that uh, that that 
uh, that kind of visual language. Right. So over time, I found myself shooting the same beer swirl over and over again for different beer brands. And the same goes for burgers and the same goes for chocolate, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. we see that brands in the same space tend to start to look alike slowly because they're looking at the same research, looking at the same category entry points, mm-hmm. looking at the same consumer data, and they look at each other. So the, the one brand has this cool yes. beer swirl and I want that too. Right Now, um, we think that's a problem because then products within a category start to look similar. And the whole idea behind branding is being distinctive uh, and, and being recognizable, right? Right. So we slowly started to think about how can we solve this? And um, the solution, in our opinion, lies in, uh, you know, a, a brand has, uh, you know, it, 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 its core, its DNA, and around it is uh, a brand love key or a, a brand pyramid or whatever you shape it like. Mm-hmm. And then there's identities, a, a, a visual identity, a sonic identity. We've seen uh, 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 sensoric identities, but the identities is how you interact with the outside world. And we think that food and drink brands deserve a culinary identity. Uh, you know, a strategy and uh, choices that were made about how the food is depicted to support what the brand really is, to not make a generic beer swirl, but make a beer swirl that's your beer swirl, and mm-hmm. have a reason. To, to make choices about it. Um, and if you do it for a long time, it will become a distinctive brand asset. It will become something by which the brand is recognizable. And that's basically how branding works. You know, exactly. Uh, but then w- what happens, you know, when you run across, uh, let's just say one of those brands that say, oh, I want my butter commercial to look just like their butter commercial. And now uh, no one can differentiate themselves. Do you run across a lot of brands that, that you have to kind of educate them them to say, hey, listen, you have to make a change. You can't look like these guys. You need to be your sure. own. So you're helping them with their brand identity almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, within my company, we, we, do, uh, we develop culinary identities for food brands, which is a mm-hmm. strategic uh, consultancy kind of service. Mm-hmm. Um, so we speak to the brands about, are you aware – that you're doing the exact same as your competitors do. Uh, look at a look at a product shot for a beer ad. It's usually uh, a bottle and a glass next to it on a table yep. with out of focus background. Exactly. And it all looks fancy. Now, yep. can we do something with that shot that underlines the values that this brand has? Mm-hmm. Well, you know the story of the brand, and can we do it in such a manner that over time it will become their way to depict their product? That's the foundation of the thinking. And yes, obviously, we help our clients uh, develop that kind of thinking. We have a, a nice presentation about that. And if I do that presentation to, to a brand, they often say, oh, shit, now we have a problem I didn't know existed. <laughs> right. So you're helping right? them. So, so, so basically, it's not, you're not just the guy that says, oh, we're going to make some, uh, some great you know, creative identity for your food. You're also helping them to realize exactly who in the hell they are because – Probably some of them don't know who they are when they come to you, Olaf. Well, well, that can happen. But uh, in order to develop a good culinary identity, much like uh, a visual identity or a sonic mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. the brand needs to know what they're here for, what Got their it. purpose is, and what their what their DNA, what they're made of. Right. Uh, yeah. Basically, their positioning, and based on that positioning, we develop that into culinary equivalents. So uh, you cannot also, you, you cannot design a visual identity 
if a brand doesn't know what it's all about. Great point. Uh, that has to be made clear first. And we stand on the shoulders of, of what's already there. We do not change the brand itself. We do not change the positioning. Uh, we just we just look at what's there already and how can we translate that into how we deal with the product. Because let's be honest, we've wow. all sat there in rooms uh, talking about uh, uh, which knife to use or which plate or which glass or yes. what, is, what is the angle yes. or the moment of the In which stage does a pasta sauce look its best? Mm-hmm. Is that when it's pouring out of the the pack is that when it's sizzling in the pan is that when it's on the plate is that when it's consumed now defining all of these kind of choices before we go into developing one creative asset can shed a lot of light of how the story is told but Mm. what is the moment when you depict the food at its best and it says something about the brand and then when we uh, have defined that identity uh, we find that many of our clients find it very comforting Mm. if we shoot it because we've defined that identity and then mm. the shooting itself, it makes sense that the guys who've made, because we, you know, yes, we develop identities, but the core of our company is still craft. Right. But we have, uh, you know, studios and lights and cameras and staff and crew uh, to shoot these ads and these photos uh, continuously. So th- it is basically where, where strategy and, and craft meet, which is awesome because, uh, um, uh, you know what, what's left in between is creative. Yes. We don't do creative. We don't do storytelling. We don't develop campaigns really, because that we leave with the the wide the and the mothers and the BBHs right. of this world. They're much better at that. We don't we don't we don't find ourselves better at that than they are. Uh, but we can help also agencies solve puzzles that they are fundamentally often not so interested in. How do we depict the product? You know, uh, we see a lot that on uh, on film sets when we're shooting uh, shooting an ad, the creatives tend to go get a cup of coffee when the pack shop turns up, right? Has, has there ever been a time where you're, you're developing the creative and like you're working with, you know, the agencies and the agencies like really like what you're doing and you inspire them with the campaign based off of what you've made? Yeah, sure. What, what, what happens is that we have, uh, for instance, with uh, TBWA here in the Netherlands, which is the, uh, the leading agency here, they have called us for help on certain brands. Like, what mm-hmm. are we going to do with this fundamentally boring product? Huh? Uh, for them, the product is usually not the most inspirational part of the show. Mm-hmm. And then they sometimes ask us, can you help us uh, 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 create a story, create an identity around the product itself? that we can implement into the campaigns and mm. successfully so. So uh, we, we feed off on each other. We are inspired by what they do on a strategic and creative level. And what we bring is something they could never bring because for us, it comes from the craft side. You know, we, yeah. we, we really ask ourselves, how does this product look its best? And how do we get some, some expressions of the brand into the way we depict it? Wow. And that is something that creative agencies, and we put it in front of the camera, right? We once had a beautiful case in which we, uh, we had a cheese brand. And uh, uh, we were, yeah, so, so like, a, like a wedge of cheese, right? We yeah. had it in front of the camera. We were like struggling. How do we, how do we make something unique out of this cheese wedge? Mm-hmm. And then someone flicked some lights off and only the backlight on the cheese was still on. And we saw that the cheese was glowing like almost like a lamp. 
Oh man. And that was like, wow, there's something beautiful there. Now this oh. was an old cheese. So it's got, it, it brought out the texture, the crumbly texture of the old cheese. And that's where it came from a craft site. It became uh, a distinctive asset for the brand to, to, wow. to light it in this specific way. They have a reason to do this within their brand uh, positioning because they say they're, they're best eaten at golden hour when, when the sun sets and the, you know, the, the, uh, the golden light. That's mm-hmm. what they celebrate. In, in, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what they, they celebrate <laughs> in much of their campaigns. So we took that, elevated that to something bigger, uh, made it a way to light the product. And no other cheese brand has a reason to light it like so. Gosh, man, that, that's I, I love that inspiration that just came from that production. And that's really, that's what creatives get paid to do. Yeah. To be able to have that insight, to be able to see something as, as simple as a light switch going off and showing the textures of a cheese and saying, wait a minute, we got something here. And, and recognizing and, that that is something, that, that it's not just, ah, uh, that's wrong. But recognizing yeah. that's something that's, you know, uh, uh, great things happen out of luck or uh, serendipity, isn't it? That's the word, right? Yeah. No. We'll be right back with more of the AdCast after a word from our sponsor. So working with the craft crew from the get-go was very easy. Dealing with Eric right on the front end, I think it was Thanksgiving Day and he was emailing with me. Not that I expected him to return my emails. That's just the kind of service from the get-go that drew me to this company and ultimately led me to selecting this company. And then dealing with Terry and some of the other guys who were very professional, they walked me through the process of what this video production uh, procedure would be like. It was very helpful and very comforting knowing that I would be taken care of and guided through this process. And then when the film crew got here, they were on time, they were sharp, they knew what they were doing, everything was set up efficiently and I'm impressed. When you open a business, you want to make sure that your presence is felt. Not just having your name on a billboard or having your name on the front of your building. You truthfully have to let everyone know that you're in business. So just because you go get your business license, that doesn't mean that the whole market's going to come running to you for your services. There's probably millions of you out there. So what are you doing to be loud and be noticed? You got to make your presence present. You deserve a very important place. When you guys are creating, um, is it, let's just say your creative team, when you guys are kind of round table, how are you coming up with, you know, how to make that craft for that brand? I mean, or, or is it, you're putting the sticky notes on the wall, you're doing some, some deep research. How does that work for you and your team? Well, in, in a lot of cases, we get a very defined and well thought out brand document. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for us, it's usually the simple question is, do the images that they put out in the world, that, mm-hmm. that, that they put into in front of consumers, do they speak the same language and the same values as what the, what the brand says on paper? And mm-hmm. often you will see that there is a, a, a problem there yeah. because um, many things. There, there's uh, many marketing people are, um, yeah, how should I say it? I think change is something weird, right? If you change something in your brand, you need to be really sure. Yeah. Because you're also going to lose recognition power. But also doing something 
differently than your competitor does also takes some sort of uh, bravery. You need, be, yeah, you need to be convinced. Yeah. Because you, you're going you're gonna to make something that initially will may feel a bit weird because it's just outside the category norms. Mm-hmm. But I think that weirdness is something great. We find that weirdness because it needs to feel a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning because mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel uncomfortable, you're clearly doing what you have been doing. Right. You're just, you're just repeating what you've done before. You're right. So you, you have to uh, kind of find the weird where it speaks about the brand, fits to the product, and still looks like the product. If you're shooting milk, it has to look white, mm-hmm. right? There are certain codes that you cannot mess with. But uh, we start with that, with that journey. Like what are they currently doing versus what are they saying they're doing? Wow. Uh, obviously, that gives a lot of light already. And then I think creativity is is basically connecting two things in a in a way that makes sense. That they things that weren't connected before. So something out of the real world, or something out of a uh, another industry, something out of art. It can be can come from anywhere, but if it works together in a very logical way with with what we do, then it can give direction to. To, to make something something unique. So mm-hmm. first up is a deep dive into what the brand is mm-hmm. and what is good about that. Uh, then an al- analysis of what they're currently doing and then try to stick something new in it that makes sense. Uh, and that's usually based on a human insight. It's basically on a, on a behavior. Uh, more often than not, it comes from research. Uh, there's this tiny little sentence in research that say, hey, this is something that, that we can make into something that's bigger because this is apparently how people behave. Right? People never get boring. People I, are I always was, inspiring, right? I, I was just going to ask you that, Olaf. Like, when do you know exactly like when it's time to change from where it was? No, so that, like- that's, a, that's a very good question. We, we often come on board in a process when a brand is slightly repositioned. Mm-hmm. Or when the visual identity is is tweaked or or, or rejuvenated, uh, when when the wheels are turning, and for some brands it's it's a continuous process, right? But uh, it, when when things are changing slightly, that will be the ideal moment for us to come on board and say, hey, listen, uh, let, let's test if you're in a good place, mm-hmm. and let's bring something new. Uh, developing distinctive brand assets is something that every brand should you know keep on doing. Look at the uh, it's Cheetos, right? With the, with the dust on the fingers. Yeah, with the dust on the fingers. Come yeah. on. That is a brilliant, distinctive <laughs> brand asset, isn't it? Yes, it is, I love it's it. It's basically a disadvantage of the product. Your fingers yes. get dirty, but uh, you, you know the brand when you see the orange fingers. Right. That is just brilliant. If we can find it's, it's not always that, you know, that is great. You cannot always be great. And let's also be honest, Cheetos is one product, uh, one type of appearance, but... A dairy brand has maybe uh, 60 SKUs. So mm. what we come up with has to work with all of them. Uh, but if you're a mono brand, like if you're, if you're beer or, uh, or uh, chocolate or something, it can be a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when to change? That, that's a good question. When you are changing, is a good moment to get started. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty honest that marketers always will find also sometimes some discomfort in are we doing the same thing again? Yeah. Right? I, and I embrace doing the same thing again because that leads to consistency. But more often than not, when it comes to food depiction, they may not know why they're doing what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. just doing things out of habit. 
And then there may be an opportunity to change something for the better and for the more outspoken uh, visual language. Mm -hmm. But but now uh, that's a great point, but let's just say like the audience five days, I mean, five minutes is like an hour to some people. Now we are very impatient people, especially earlier, earlier we talked about technology and, and how much that has to play into things. Let's just say if uh, I'll use one of the brands, you know, for example, that you've worked with before, let's just say Taco Bell, 10 years ago, you created, you know, one piece of creative or a craft for them. You created a craft for them. And then now, I mean, it's 2022 and the audience is so much different. They've, the demographic has changed a little bit. They've grown a little more. Right. So then now it's like, now does Olaf and his team have to go in and do another, like almost brand audit and reposition the creative um, you know, to make sure that that food has that 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 culinary identity again, you know? Well, I think that in, in, in relation to 10 years ago, there's much more touch points. Yeah. There's many, many more touch points. That's true. Um, the There's an opportunity there because across all these touch points, if you find something that makes you recognizable across all these touch points, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to add uh, uh, bottom of funnel marketing that's also going to work for your brand. Now, much of the work that we're doing mm-hmm. currently is mid to lower funnel because mm-hmm. it's product. It's often not brand. Right. Um, the uh, uh, If we can find a way to make the food look uh, distinctive to the brand, then also uh, uh, um, iterations that are lower in the funnel will work for the brand, will we'll work on distinction and on recognizability and on mm-hmm. consistency. So much more now than, than maybe 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, there is an urge to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yes. Because you have so many more touch points. Uh, also in store, uh, there's, there's moving screens in stores and there's moving screens in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you know, we often see that um, uh, once culinary identity is in place, uh, people and marketers also are a bit relieved, like, no, that we got covered, that we know how we do, how we depict yeah. the product. We know that we have reasons yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, we have pegs, we have mm-hmm. anchors that keep us in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that um, uh, much to the marketing theory that is that is uh, uh, widespread nowadays, we know that the uh, like 60-40 uh, mm-hmm. and and the 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 40% that's going to be uh, uh, middle or lower in the, in the funnel it still has to look like and act like and smell like the brand. Yes. And then one and one becomes three, hopefully. Man, I I don't think even myself included, like even when we were prepping and talking beforehand, I don't think we know exactly how important the culinary, culinary identity is because like you said, it's middle and bottom of the funnel. I mean, you're influencing what someone's taking home for dinner. Sure. And and, and, ev- and and everyone's got to eat, man. Everyone's got to <laughs> yeah. eat. I don't have to buy a new car, right? So no. I don't have to I don't have to pay attention to the new car commercial. I don't I don't need the sneakers that I see on television. I don't need the the clothes, but I have to eat. Surely. Surely but, but that that's uh, that's the power of what we do. I think it's it's just uh it's it's interesting to know that um if your brain sees a wonderful image of, of delicious food, 
mm-hmm. it will not know the difference between seeing an image and seeing real food or eating real food. In the brain, the same parts of the brain light up. Right. And that is not something you can stop. You, you cannot mm-hmm. not have that. It's basically, it's the same, uh, uh, it's the mirror neurons that basically also work when you're, when you, when you're, when you're scared in a, in a movie, when you're watching a movie and you go, ah, that is, you're not really scared, <laughs> but seeing someone being scared makes you scared. It's the same working as pornography. You know, oh. uh, looking at it also has its effect on you. It's the same system in the brain that works with food. So imagine if you see wow. that sauce drip on a, on a burger, you're going to go, shit, I need that burger now. Come on, I'm going to run <laughs> off and get one. Yeah, and yeah. that is such a force of nature. It is something that is deeply in, in our reptile brain. It's yes. not something you can deny. So um, you need to, as a marketer, you need to use that force for good. But if you're showing a hamburger that is just any generic hamburger, you need uh-huh. to make sure that the people know it is your hamburger. You know what? Uh, you know, I remember Brian... Uh... Uh, Hardy's used to do that years ago with their burgers and they always had like these females with their burgers and you knew sure. it was a Hardy's sure, yeah, 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 yeah. But then I, I want to ask you this because you guys work very hard on creating that culinary identity. But then what happens when, you know, you know, what Olaf's team and Chuck Studios has done is has done such a great job. And now it's up to the brand to manage that expectation where they yeah. should meet, you know? Um, we, we've seen cases in which the, we, we developed a culinary identity and then the, the, the brand manager or the, the, the marketing manager had to supervise mm-hmm. uh, all the teams that are working on, on the, in this case, a TV ad um, to make sure that this thing that we developed, which is all theory until someone's shooting, yeah. right? Then it's all mm-hmm. just the words on paper and images mm-hmm. and examples on paper. But when you're standing there on a film shoot and you have to make it happen, uh, you're going to meet a lot of resistance. If you're a marketer, you're going to meet uh, directors and art directors and DPs who say it can be done or for this and that reason, I don't want to spend time there. I need yep. and my, the sun is setting and a thousand problems. You're going to have to be a hard ass to say, no, I need it <laughs> like this. You know, I, I'm, I'm here to get this. And that doesn't always work. Uh, sometimes uh, 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 people don't have the, um, the, the, the power to convince all of the other teams that are working yeah. uh, to be uh, consistent in this manner. And you have to start uh, with the first iteration because, you know, it takes time to build distinctive brand assets. It's not after one ad or one campaign that it's, it's engraved into the brains of consumers. It's not like that. Uh, it takes time. So it can be challenging. I, I can understand, you know, if you're a marketer and you're, you're, you're trying to solve this problem, you're probably the only one in the room that really cares about how your product looks. Hmm. Because many of times the agencies and the, and the directors and the producers are about the campaign, the story. Is it funny? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. it, is it captivating? Is it emotional? Yep. Yep. Which is all super important. And I fully agree with that. But is the food depiction on brand is not the highest item on the, on the agenda of the meeting. And then you're the only one in the room that really gives a shit. And that is a hard position to be in. Yeah. Because you have to be the person that said, no, I want sketches. I want to be sure that everyone understands that I want it like this. And I want it always like this. 
that's an unpopular message. Yeah, especially like, and we talked about the middle and the bottom of the funnel because at the bottom of the funnel is usually the consumer. So when the consumer actually, um, they make that decision based on the influence that you've created for them. Okay. Yeah, but also the, the consumer doesn't know uh, if if we start uh, uh, if we decide as teams to build a distinctive brand asset, mm-hmm. the consumer is unaware. Yeah, he's, he's going to not know. Uh, the consumer is sitting on the couch with a bag of chips and you know <laughs> not being unbothered by brands until right. something spectacular happens. Right, and that can be an emotional story usually, or it can be delicious food that makes him think, oh. I need to get me some fried chicken. What a a great point. Yeah. You make a great point because if the brand moves so far left or right from wherever they remember it as now you've gotten their attention, you know? Well, and there's, as we all know, there's many ways to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And, but if the eyes are on the screen or on the ad, they have to know it's you. It's that simple because otherwise it didn't happen. If they don't know it's you, it's the same as not broadcasting your spot or putting your banner uh, out there. That's true. If they don't know it's you, it's all theory. Now, you, you, with with so many touch points, we talked about all these touch points now and also being on screen. There's many different screens now. Um, sure. You know, there's many different screens now. Does that make things a lot easier for you, for you when you make creative and brands? Or do you have to say like, okay, this is how we want to make this craft for social or this is how we want to make that craft for broadcast well there's, there's obviously different specs for all the different media mm-hmm. but what we are completely used to it now uh, this yeah. is what the world looks like the world looks like uh campaigns with uh, 300 deliverables um you know deliverables that can vary in format and media but also in message some uh, iterations are more bottom of funnel. Some are a little bit more brand. Some are a little bit about consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's it's such a rich palette of deliverables that, and we have that almost constantly. There's little mm. brands that only do TV or only do outdoor. Mm-hmm. It happens, but the bigger brands uh, tend to be kind of a 360 approach, which is the new normal for us. Um, and yes, that can have its effect on the creative, but in terms of identities, you know, you're not going to change your logo. Right. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, still, you're still who you are. Yes. And, and the, the, the identity is an iteration an expression of who you are. So that that's it. If we do our jobs, right. It should not be a question. It should be clear uh, how we depict the food also in all the different touch points. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up the, the Cheetos, um, has there ever been a campaign that you've seen? And, and and I know me, like I remember years ago, I started in restaurant before I got in marketing. So I, I was very critical of every restaurant that I went into because I knew restaurants. Yeah. And, and and now being in marketing and creative, you look at campaigns a certain way. Has there ever been a campaign where you said, man, that's good. I wish I had done that. I know you brought up the Cheetos, but. Yeah. Well, in terms of identities, uh, Cheetos is just a, a fabulous case. Uh, what I also love is, uh, and it's actually, it's, it's gone now, is San Pellegrino. They had this beautiful paper wrapping on top of their cans. Hmm. Remember that? It's just like no, a fizzy, I, I, I got to look it up now. I, it's I, a fizzy water. Know. And they got a, there, there's a beautiful, elegant little paper that's on top of every can. That's a super distinctive brand. They're only the only ones who have that. And it has a function. It's It's intended to keep the, the surface clean because you're drinking from the can, right? Yeah. It's also a beautiful asset. 
But in terms of uh, campaigns, there's clearly, uh, uh, well, there's, there's uh, uh, Lurpak. It's amazing work. They make a boring product like butter uh, into a fantastic journey as a supporter of great cooks. It's, uh, it's definitely worth watching. And it's already going on for like 12, maybe 15 years. I'm not sure. There's a Marks and Spencer out of the UK had wonderful campaigns. But there's, there's so many great work being done. Um, I also like, for instance, the um, in the Corona, if you get a Corona served, now in the top <laughs> of the bottle is always, you know, the lime. A lime. Yeah, always a lime. If you, you, you see bar people all, all over the world complaining, ah, I've got to make the fucking lime again for the bottle. <laughs> You're right. But that's what you do with the Corona. The, 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 got it, yeah. Influencing human behavior, that is, that is spectacular. And the humans now expect, you know, that piece of lime in the in the neck of the bottle. That's 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 wonderful. And then there's there's many colleagues that make you know uh, amazing images of of chocolate and beers and fizzy drinks and uh, and burgers. Sometimes I'm so, I just saw a uh, um, an ad for a new type of pasta out of uh, I think it was Bertoli. Mm. It was an amazing ad. It's like a journey, and I was like green with envy. But, wow. you know, the guy just did an amazing job. Um, so there's, there's much great work being made. But more often than we would like, it's one-offs. Yeah. It's just a great ad. Uh, but but I, like, I, I get excited when things are here for the long run. Yeah. H- has there ever been an ad where you wish that you had a do-over? For an, an ad that I did myself? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I you know the stuff that, that we did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 10 years ago, things look different from now, but it suited that time. It suited the time. It was good for yeah. that time. Uh, and also for ourselves, uh, my learning curve. Basically, I had never shot food uh, when we started our company. Um, and I, I locked myself in a room with a food stylist, a high-speed camera, and and a friend who was assisting me. And I came out three days la- later, you know, dead, but with a reel under my arm. And then wow. I said, well, this is, I can do this now. I, I taught myself this stuff. It's not fantastic yet, but it's, you know, and actually I think one of, one or two shots out of that session is still in our, in our showreel package. Wow. So sometimes, you know, there's just luck and sometimes there's just, uh, you know, let's stop talking about it and start doing it. Yeah. That's basically how production people approach things uh, much more than, than, than creative or strategy or agency we're very pragmatic type of people yeah. because uh, we're in the bottom of the of the process. We're the last one in line. If we don't get it done, it's not going to get done. So, uh, yeah, yeah but that's, this, I, love uh, that. I love that. That's uh, I love to be there. No, I think, man. I mean, what what a great way to be able to look at creative and, and identity and with all the different brands that you've worked with and products. Um, is there one that's more simpler? Or, or, or that you're more interested in than the other? Well, there's uh, in, in our company, we all have our specialisms. Uh, Eric is our liquids guy. Uh, <coughs> Christy, one of our directors, she has a very art-directed kind of look. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Natasha has a more editorial, um, uh, more foodie kind of look. <coughs> one sec. And um, so we all have our specialism. I, I've been doing this for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit the everything guy, yeah. but I love doing burgers because, uh, you know, if the build of the burger is right, there's so much color and ingredients. There's so oh. much to gain. And, yeah. and it, that, that response is what I'm after. Like, oh, 
it's so nice. Right. I also love beers because beers now the the golden liquid with the fizzy and the and the uh, uh, the white foam. There's beautiful contrast. There's movement in there. And there are items that are clearly very difficult. Ice cream you cannot shoot with real ice cream because it melts. You know, within minutes <laughs> it's it's gone. <laughs> so you have to like remake it out of other stuff. Chocolate is the same. Chocolate has uh, is is a bit fatty, so it's got like a layer of fat on top, which you see in the chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, and it solidifies if if it's not warmed. So we have to remake the chocolate with all sorts of uh, 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 stuff and and ingredients and colorize it and make it in, look look like chocolate, but it isn't wow. chocolate, and that is, you know, that that's hard work, but also there's a lot of satisfaction in that. You're gonna say, oh. And it's just impossible if you're shooting chocolate for the whole day, knowing that it's fake chocolate, you're still <laughs> going to eat chocolate. You have to you put know. yourself in a creative mindset to really be able to do that. Uh, yeah, but it is, it is, uh, it's also when you're shooting beer, you're going to have a beer at the end of the shoot because it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a force of nature looking at things that you can eat and that look delicious. Mm-hmm. You can't then not eat it. Now we talked about fast food. We talked about beer. We talked about chocolate. Um, you, you know, there was something that you had opined on. You had written an article about too, uh, where it was uh, in the UK they wanted to uh, outlaw fast food advertising. I mean, and it was that is something that's happening. And 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 you made a comment, and your comment was, you know, I want to kind of paraphrase a little bit. You were like, you know, I agree with it, but not like I want you to do it. But I just know that what we do works. You know? Exactly. Well, it's in a way um, the 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 ban on fast food advertising is also a confirmation of that it works because otherwise they wouldn't want to ban it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's it, that's it's a very complicated way. In a complicated way, it's a compliment to our work. But you know, as a human and and as a as a as a part of this society, I feel mm-hmm. that we obviously need to move away from from. Uh, the the amount of meat consumption that we do now mm-hmm. because it's simply not sustainable and let's be honest there are now wonderful alternatives yes they are. they're available and they wonderful taste great and health, healthy alternatives as well healthy and even uh, if they were not as tasty as a juicy steak then mm-hmm. maybe that eighty percent is also fine yeah. right it doesn't have to be fabulous every day uh, right. if the world uh, uh, you know needs that from us. And that's fine, you know. But but it is happening. We are uh, we're thinking that everything that has happened to uh, uh, alcohol advertising or cigarettes advertising, uh, much much more even, eventually is going to happen to uh, what they call HFSS, high fat sugar and salt uh, stuff. Wow. So everything kinda, that kind of like what they what they did in the U.S. with cigarettes, yes, and tobacco, yep. yes, yes, and and you know, I'm convinced that things that we as a society as a world don't want. We should have more tax on it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or the opposite, healthy stuff mm-hmm. less. And we should basically educate our kids more in schools about what is good and what isn't good, because mm-hmm. many people just ha- don't have a clue if uh, of how bad, uh, you know, uh, uh, candy or uh, sugar drinks or whatever. No, you can have some, but not every day. Yeah, you know, no, it's that simple. It sounds really simple, but in moderation, it's hard to break. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to break habits. You know, I'm I'm not a vegetarian. I love my meat, but I'm also 
uh, dialing down on the meat because I feel the world and my own gut needs that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's hard to change people's behavior. And then, then sometimes laws have to be implemented. Man, Olaf, I, I think you and I can go on and on forever uh, about talking <laughs> yeah. about you know creativity and culinary identity. But you and your team at Chuck Studios is is definitely the place where food needs to go to get famous. Yeah, well, um, that's, uh, I, I like the sound of that. I, I, I think that is definitely the truth, man. Um, you know, for those folks who are uh, looking to kind of follow you, how do they stay up with you and, and tell us, you know, uh, about what the company has going on? Yeah, well, um, the first thing, most important is our, uh, our newsletter uh, on our website, chuckstudios.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter that's like sort of monthly uh, in which mm -hmm. we share, you know, uh, the work we did, but also insights out of the industry and, and ads that other people have made that we find great or remarkable for some reason. Um, for my personally, uh, for me personally, LinkedIn is an important platform because uh, um, I just really like it and I learned yeah. so much there. No, uh, same, same here. Same yeah, here. so follow me on LinkedIn if you want to know more. And then obviously we're a very, very visual trade. So uh, Instagram uh, is where you can find out how we do it. A lot of behind the scenes stuff, uh, a lot of tricks and, uh, and, and very visual stuff. And we just embarked on TikTok. Not sure how that's going to play out, but it's uh, it's it's fun for now. So we're yeah. doing a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of uh, uh, how we shoot stuff and how we shoot beer into the sky and still make it, you know, uh, at, at two thousand frames per second. All the spectacular stories are on Instagram. Oh my god! And two thousand frames. <laughs> two thousand yeah, frames. Yeah, that, that's that's what's sometimes needed to freeze things a little mm -hmm. bit and make it look delicious. Wow. Man, uh, I I want to I want to do something with you that I do with just about every guest. I always go through something like a lightning round, where you know we all talk about marketing, media, branding, and everything else. But I'd like you to tell me exactly where you see certain mediums today. Like uh, we, you just said, you guys embarked on TikTok. Um, so I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just your opinion on how effective you think mediums, these certain mediums, are. Okay, for for myself. Yep, for yourself or even for a campaign or if you had to launch a campaign. All right. Um, what are your thoughts on the current state of radio advertising? Oh, that's a that's a pain point immediately. I am super uninterested in radio. That's just me. Mm -hmm. I'm a Spotify guy. I don't listen to radio ever, ever mm -hmm. again. So, but I'm sure there are pretty uh, there's a lot of people who are. Um, let's also be clear, you cannot show tasty food images on true. radio true so for for us it's not a it's not a medium we connect to a lot okay good 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 answer uh how about um newspaper it's a visual medium yeah sure newspaper i'm, I'm just waiting for them to innovate uh when is there moving images in uh, in digital uh editions mm -hmm. of newspapers but you know newspapers have a uh there's such a such a clear rhythm uh, I, I don't, I'm not a newspaper reader often. Uh, I do it mm. once a week. But I, for instance, my favorite cooking platform is the New York Times. Now, uh, the New really? York Times. Yeah, if they, they got a beautiful and very simple recipe platform. And now it's from the other side of the globe. So there's going to be some stuff in that I don't know, which I like. Yeah. Um, and they're very good at, uh, at gathering just lots. So there's a lot of inspiration there. And let's be honest, the New York Times is such a, 
a strong brand, if the New York Times says it's true, then it's probably true. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. in my that's, mind. That's that's one thing I do have to give newspapers is they probably fact checked a lot better than uh, some of the other outlets out there. All right. Yeah, so so how about a lot of authority? How about television? I love television. Uh, there's there's uh, there's a lot of a lot of people that believe television is gone. Um, uh, all the theory and the research says no. Uh, still, for brand building, brand building on social media is just hard. Mm. Um, the, the stories are quick, are shallow. Uh, they pass by in a in a in the in the zap of a thumb. You're you're out again. But on TV, uh, you can tell a little bit of a story. And what I find the most remarkable, and people forget that, is that if you're in the same room with a group of people, with your family, and you're watching something on TV, this is a joint experience. So if someone, if your kid starts to laugh, you'll laugh too. It's like, you know, it's, it's contagious. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, that an, it's an infectious medium. Yes, and being together in a room and experiencing that is something completely different than watching it with your headphones on YouTube. Uh, there's no togetherness there. You're never gonna talk about that ad that you saw on YouTube because mm-hmm. uh, if, you're, if you're sharing the experience together and for some reason it makes you laugh, then you're gonna memorize it so much more. So therefore I feel that, that television has a, has a super strong storytelling power and therefore it's great for brand building. I, I like the word that you use. I'm going to ask you now about uh, uh, social media advertising. You use the word shallow, and I like that too because you only get the you only get a glimpse. You don't get to get the true story. Um, how about social advertising, and what do you think is your favorite platform? Well, I think um, I've been. I was recently targeted by targeted by a company that builds ovens, and I just saw the oven. I was like, I have to get that oven. It's just so pretty. It's just what I want. So it works like a charm, but it needs to be immediate. You know, if you want to uh, take take a complicated U-turn to tell your story, I'm already gone. Uh, as you mm. just said, we're restless. Uh, we're yeah. in this quick-paced society. So yeah. much to my point, put your food product on the screen and uh, harvest the power of, of that, 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 that thing in your brain that makes you hungry then. And make sure they know it's you. So I strongly believe in that that uh, that uh, mid and lower funnel uh, communication in social media and social advertising can work like a charm, but make sure that they know it's you. Great point. And outdoor advertising, and that's the last one. Yeah, outdoor is, all, is also great, but uh, I see a lot of ads in outdoor uh, that are so complicated. I was recently in, uh, in on Schiphol, on the airport in Amsterdam, and I, uh, I shared on LinkedIn my thoughts about an M&M's campaign. It was beautiful. It's just a yellow uh, surface with five little, little M&M's there and a short little message. It was so simple. Like within simple. one second, I could read everything. One yeah. message full of distinctive brand assets. Within, uh, even if I ran past, I would have known it was an M&M's ad. If, it's, if you keep it simple, one message, not try to put three, four different messages in, it gets too complicated. And then it becomes also something that you would hang on your wall because the art direction and the simplicity, it's just hard to make something simple. That's the best creative. Yeah, That's that's the best creative when you'd say, you know what, this is good enough that I'd put it on my wall. That's exactly. Or on a t-shirt, you know, in that sense, I really like that campaign and simplicity was the, there you go. 
That's, <laughs> that's an iconic, you know, yeah. it's so iconic. Um, uh, you know, it's a long time before you get there as a brand. Mm. No, it's easier mm-hmm. as a as a phenomenal rap crew. That's easier, yeah. Uh, but still, it's not easy. No, but that's what I'm saying. The the uh, the iconic quality of brands uh, is what some is something that really can come to life in outdoor. Man, uh, Olaf, I I, I want to tell you, man. You speak of iconic, my friend. You and your work and your team, you guys are iconic, and what you do, man. You influence things <laughs> around the world, bro. I'm happy to have you on today, man. I really am. I enjoyed our conversation, man. Uh, one more time, give that shout out for your website and your social handles. Yeah. And uh, I want people to, I want them to look you up. Website is chuckstudios.com. Uh, my name is Olaf van German on LinkedIn. Very simple. Type the name and you'll, you'll get there. And Chuck Studios on Instagram. Those are the most important ones. Uh, and thank you so much for your time, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. I did um, too, man. I hope you're going to have a lot more in the future. And uh, I will stay uh, stay uh, attached to the show. Thank you yeah, so man. much for your time. I appreciate that, man. And for for everyone uh, just giving us, you know, we want to thank you guys for giving us your most valuable asset, which is your time. It's the one thing regardless of how much money you have, you can't buy any more of it. True. Uh, and if you feel this podcast has been a help to you or to, it can be a help to another entrepreneur, marketer, or business owner, don't forget to share it with them. And also we'd love you guys to be able to give us a, a great rating on our podcast. And thank you again to our guest Olaf. And thank you for trailblazing creative in the world. This is the AdCast. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm back. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the AdCast. If you didn't, go online, give me a review and tell me how you want us to make it better for you. And if you did, give us a five-star rating anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. But I want to thank you for your most valuable asset. That's your time. And thank you for listening. Enjoy the AdCast and stay tuned for another hot episode coming up soon.